changed. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, tell somebody, I am changed. I am different. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, didn't they just lead us right into the throne room? Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. I'll, I'll never forget. I went through a really, really low place in my life a number of years ago. And uh, I remember uh, someone that I really didn't have a, a close relationship with, but the Lord just connected our path supernaturally. And I remember telling this lady, I said, I'll just be honest with you. I said, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I don't even feel like I can pray. I said, I don't even feel like I can, I can pray. I, I just, it's just such a heaviness over my life. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. And she said, uh, that's okay. She said, that's why I'm here. Uh, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help take you into the holy place. Amen. And I'll never forget that. When she said that, and I believe that's exactly what's happened in this place. Amen. This worship and this team has just helped take us into that holy place in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for that. Well, I just want to go ahead and say what an honor and what a blessing it is to get to be with you all again. Um, I'm so thankful that y'all bent the rules a little bit and let me come back two years in a row. It means the world to me, and I have, I have really been so excited about coming back and being a part of this, um, about, of this service. Now, I was, uh, I'll just go ahead and say this. I'll get this out of the, out of the way because it's kind of ever-present in my mind, so I just want to say it real quickly. I know you're probably looking at me. I told Miss Rhonda, I said, you know, I did something I probably shouldn't have done, but I did it. And when I was packing this morning to get ready, and it was 90 degrees outside, I said, I just can't dress and look like fall. I couldn't. And so I just looked like I stepped out of the dead of summer. And I just couldn't help it. I said, I probably should have looked a little more fallish, but I couldn't make myself do it. I was hot. And I said, there's just no need to act like it's, it's fall because it ain't yet. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, but y'all look good like that. But I just thought, so I got tickled when I got dressed there in that hotel. I looked in the mirror. I said, this is probably ridiculous, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Amen. So uh, if you'll look over this, y'all look back one day and y'all say, y'all will say, y'all remember that speaker that came and, and wore that dress? I mean, looked like the middle of July in October. <laughs> But I am, um, but if you'll overlook that, uh, I appreciate it. But I just really do count it an honor to be back with you all. And uh, unfortunately, my husband wasn't able to come this year. And um, we just some, some uh, situations in his family with uh, the health of his mother. And so he was unable to come. And so I was, uh, we talked about it and he said, um, you know, of course you go. And, uh, but the whole time, even getting ready tonight, he, he called over and over. He said, I can't believe I'm missing this. I just can't believe I'm missing it. And so uh, I didn't tell him, but I said, it's a lot easier to talk about you when you're not there. So, uh, but, it, <laughs> but I do truly miss him. And, and I'm so appreciative, appreciative to Ashley, right, at the table. Is it Ashley? Did I get the name right? That's Wendy, Randy. I don't remember those names. I see so many people. Oh, Lord, help me. Somebody's helping us at the product table, and I'm very grateful. Forgive me. I was going through all those names in my mind. Forgive me. But um, Kurt's usually out there, and I said, I, when I talked to Miss Melody, I said, I don't know what to do. I said, is there somebody there that can just take care of the product table? And she said, there is. I said, well, thank you. So whoever you are, <laughs> we, I just am so grateful, and may the Lord bless you, and uh, let his face shine upon you, <laughs> I'm very thankful for your help out there, whoever you are, and wherever you are, uh, thank you for what you're doing, I uh, want to just tell you real quickly, I'm very excited about the fact also that I get to be back um, in this area uh, with you all for your, is it your state women's conference? Is that how they, for your state women's conference, for your denomination? I'm very excited about that. I thought, I'm going to get to see y'all again, twice, in just a very short amount of time. So I'm looking forward to it. So if you've not made plans to be a part of that, you need to go ahead and do it. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be fun. 
And uh, so I know we'll, I know it'll be worth your while to go ahead and make plans to do that. But let me go ahead and tell you real quickly. I don't want to take long, but I don't want to not do this because I feel like I should. Um, on that product table out there, I've done something. The, it's the Lord, and that's why I feel like I need to tell you. Um, I, I'm not a, um, everybody has stayed on my back for years about doing product. And I've never been really good at it. You know, I try to tell people I'm a preacher. I don't know anything hardly about sales. I mean, I know enough, but I'm not. It's just not my passion. And But enough people kind of pestered me about it. And we finally started doing that. I did. And... And um, but so I, I somebody said put some T-shirts out there and so I did last year you remember if you were here we brought some and and um, and I was very thankful a young lady helped me and I loved what she did and so I just felt like it was time to retire those though you know and uh, so I was going to retire those and people said are you serious you're not going to do anything else and I said I am not a T-shirt maker I said I don't even have an idea for a T-shirt and so I just told Lord I said if you want me to do a t-shirt you're gonna to have to help me because I have no creative idea about a t-shirt and so it was the wildest thing the Lord did it and I was just amazed because I really wasn't even expecting it and uh, the Lord I saw this saying you may have seen it before and it says there will be miracles and it's just like Miss Melody said when she was kind of reading or, or saying our bio by the way you did a great job Miss Melody I thought that was phenomenal how you remembered all of that uh, Maybe I should put something in my pocket. I mean, I don't know. Y'all did, you did great. But I, um, I was, uh, I saw that saying, there will be miracles. And, um, and we do believe, just like was said on our bio, that the Lord has really called us into the area of praying, uh, definitely salvation, but also uh, laying hands on the sick and they recover signs and miracles, wonders. We believe that. We've we are just so excited about what the Lord has done, and we know it's all God. But the Lord, when I saw that little that saying, there will be miracles, the Lord said, that's the shirt. And I said, well, are you sure? You know how you do. And I, and I knew it was, though. I knew without a doubt. And so I did that. I just said, well, okay, I'm going to do it. I had a, one of my friends that did the other shirt. She wrote She fixed it up for me. We did it on a baseball tee. I love it. And um, But I want to tell you what's happened because I'm real excited about it. So I didn't think a whole lot about it except that I knew it was the Lord. And I said, God, I don't know what, what you're going to do with this, but okay, here goes. And so the first place that we did it, we were in, uh, that I sold them, we were in North Carolina. And we were at a big women's conference. And I just told the ladies, I said, you're the first place. If you like them, you know, blah, 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 they're out there. And so a young girl came in. I say young, a young lady. She came in. She was probably in her late 20s, and she was on the board there. And she, um, I didn't know it, but she was uh, to have surgery the next week. And she didn't, she didn't tell us. We didn't, uh, none of us laid hands on her, prayed for her, nothing like that. Uh, but she was having a very serious surgery. She's never been married, but it's her heart's desire to be married and to have children, have a family. But the doctor had told her, you have to have this surgery. It is, uh, we can't wait any longer. And there's a great possibility after this surgery, you'll never be able to have children. Well, of course, it was weighing so heavy on her heart. And when I began to tell her about those shirts, she ran out there. And my husband, he remembered, he sold her one. And, and she, she put it on right then. She said, I want to put it on right then. And so she had it on. And we were laughing and walking around. Little did I know, a couple of days later, she would be going into the hospital for this surgery. And so I got a call from the lady that was over the conference. And her name's Miss Janice. And Miss Janice called me. She said, I don't know if you've heard, has Mel called you? And I said, I haven't heard. Said Mel went into the hospital and she told me the story. And she said, but she wore that shirt. And she said, that's why she wanted it. That day, she could not wait. She didn't want you to mail it to her. She put it right on. She said, she wore it in the hospital everywhere she went. She said, there's going to be a miracle today. She said, I'm going to have a miracle today. She did have to have the surgery, but the doctor came out. The surgeon came out, and he said, Mel, I just want you to know. He said, it went as smooth as it could have possibly gone. You will not have any trouble when you get married, having children, having a family of your own, as many children as you want to have. And she said, I know. I already knew. I've been declaring it over my life that the Lord was giving me a miracle. Amen. I said, woo -hoo! 
And so I'm just being honest about it. This is not a sales pitch because I already told you I'm not good at it. But I'm telling you people have been buying those shirts and they've been declaring it over their families, women that's had uh, maybe breast cancer or different kind of issues in their bodies. They've been, buy they've been buying it for their friends. I said, well, blessed be the Lord. I said, let's get it out there, God. Amen. So it's been exciting to see what the Lord is doing with that. And I just encourage you just go out there and see um randy shelley angel jasmine I, somebody's gonna tell you <laughs> all about it and i'm very thankful for whoever you are and so i and there's another one out there that's got my favorite scripture on it and it's a scripture that i'll use a little bit tonight and it's the same one same scripture that i had on a shirt from the last time i was here and i guess i'll always have it on a shirt it's my life verse and it's trust in the lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Do you agree with that today? Amen. Thank the Lord for that. So uh, just take advantage of that if you get the opportunity. And um, I just pray that it will be a blessing to you in some way. Let's go right to the word now. Thank you for indulging me a little time with that. I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and I want to begin in verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. And um, I want to say also, I am really excited about being here Sunday. Just in case. Now, my pastor used to say this. Well, you can't blame this on Pastor Kent because he didn't say it. My pastor used to say it. I'm going to repeat it. Uh, if you do have a home church, you go to your home church. But if you need to come here, we believe in rescuing the perishing. So if you want to come, you just come right on. If you feel like you may be perishing, come and let God work in your life. Amen. So that's what we're believing the Lord for. I can't wait to see what God has for us Sunday. Amen. So let's look at 1 Kings 17, verse 1. It said, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand... There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. And behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Talk about hopeless. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for you and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Let's stop there if you would. And if you are comfortable doing so tonight, I'd love for you to lift your hands and let's pray together. And let's just ask the Lord to minister to us through this word. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for your presence and your anointing. We thank you, Lord, for these women who have come out on this Friday night because we are desperately hungry for you. Lord, I'm asking you to speak through me, Lord. I'm depending on you. I lean on you tonight. 
And I declare, Lord, I cannot do it without you. Everything that is accomplished, we know it's because of you and through your spirit. Lord, it's not by my might, not by my power, but it's by your spirit that this is done. And Lord, we declare that women will leave changed. Women will leave different, including myself. Every one of us. Every one of us in leadership. Everyone, Lord, that's a visitor here tonight that has walked in as a guest. Everyone, Lord, that maybe they call this their church home. I'm asking you for a change, a turnaround in our lives. And Father, for everything we do, give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus mighty name and everybody shout out amen. amen amen praise the Lord well let's go right to this word and see what the Lord wants to say here this is not a new message for me it's not a message that I've uh, only preached once or twice or my first time it's a message matter of fact that the Lord's given me that he will pull it up ever so often in my spirit and it was really amazing I've really not thought about it in quite some time but when I was praying about what to preach here tonight the Lord just brought it right back to my spirit and I I, um, I just said Lord I, I don't know who's here that's going to need this word but I know without a doubt that the Lord has his eye on you tonight. Amen. And it's not coincidence that this word is being spoken. The Lord is wanting to speak to you. It might be my voice and it may be my body, but I can tell you the spirit of the Lord has zeroed in on you tonight. Amen. And so let's look at what's happening here in 1 Kings. First of all, the first thing that I want you to make a note of today is that the Lord spoke to Elijah. This is so very important because in the day that we're living in, it is absolutely imperative for the people of God to realize that God is speaking to his people. Amen. God is speaking to his girls. God is speaking to us. It is the desire of the Lord. It is the will of God. And I want you to make a note of this. I'll just kind of show you a few things in scripture. I'm using a brand new Bible, so bear with me. It's a little bit hard to get adjusted to it. But it says, if you look at the very beginning where it says Elijah, he went to Ahab and he begins to speak the word of the Lord to Ahab. So we know that the Lord spoke to Elijah there in verse 1. And then we see in verse 2, and the word of the Lord came unto him. We see it again. The Lord is speaking to Elijah the second time. And then we go right on down in verse 8. And it says, and the word of the Lord came unto him again. That's Elijah. Again, the Lord is speaking. And then we go right on down. I'm just talking about just in the text that we read. And if you go right down, he says in verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, four times that it is mentioned in just the text that we read, God spoke to his prophet. And you may say, exactly, Beth, he's the prophet. That's why God spoke to him. That's what happened. He's the prophet of God. But I want to go ahead and encourage you today to know that the Lord wants to speak to every one of us who will lend our ear to hear his voice. Amen. I can tell you, if you're not careful, you'll look to your pastor and you'll say, Pastor, I hope you've got a word from the Lord for me. And thank the Lord that he does speak to our pastors, our leaders, and I'm grateful for that. But I can tell you there'll come a time in your life when you won't be able to get to a pastor. You won't be able to get that person to answer the phone. You won't be able to find somebody who will be able to, to lead you in that direction. And you'll just have to have a direct word from the Lord. Amen. Good news today. The Lord's desire is to speak to us. I believe in the time that we're living, it's one of the, I believe it's, it's a travesty in the church today that people have felt like and been lied to by the enemy that you're not worthy to hear the voice of the Lord. If you are a born again believer, amen, if you have been washed in the blood of Jesus, without the blood, we're all, listen, we're all unworthy, period. But it's the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy and it brings us into a position that we can be in the presence of the Lord and to actually hear the voice of the Lord. 
And whether that's an audible voice or whether that's a voice in your spirit or whether it's through the written word of the Lord ever how God wants to do it or whether it's through a prophet or whether it's through a a, a leader, one of your ministry leadership here, wherever it may come from, thank the Lord for it, but never underestimate that God wants to speak to you today. I can tell you something just by personal experience and I I'll just go there for a second today. My mother is a wonderful woman of God. And uh, she is a uh, just salt of the earth, just a great lady. But I was always amazed when I was just a teenager. And I really, truthfully, she, she probably thought I was really bad. But I never did anything too bad except I was always late for curfew. You know how that goes. And so I remember, though, uh, there was times that... Uh, I was going through some just issues in my life, you know, whether it was school or whatever it was. And I remember I would come home late. And my mom had to get up early and she worked a job that she had to be, be up like at 530 in the morning. And, and I remember I would come home and it happened. I can't tell you how many times it happened, actually. I would come in the back door. I would, you know how you open the door kind of slow and you hope everybody's in the bed and she don't hear the floor squeak when you step on that particular board, you know, and I I would open the door real quietly and I'd go into the kitchen and I'd look and there's my mom and she's sitting at the kitchen table, you know, and I'd look, I'd say, what are you doing awake, mama? And I thought, I'm, you know, we, she always calls it a tongue lashing. I thought I'm about to get a tongue lashing, you know, and I'd walk in, I'd say, what are you doing awake? And she said, well, I I just, I'm just awake. And, and she said, I want to sit down. I want you to sit down for a minute. And I'd think, oh my goodness, what in the world? And I'd, I'd sit down for a few minutes and, and uh, I'd kind of get comfortable and try to get comfortable there best I could. And, and she'd say, now I want to know what's going on. And I said, what are you talking about? And I was like every other teenager. I didn't really talk to my mom about some of the things I was going through. And I'd say, what are you talking about? She said, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what's going on, but I know something's going on. You're going through something, something's happening. I want to know what it is. And I was like, well, mom and and I'd start going into the whole thing of it and she'd say have you prayed about it I said I prayed about it mom she said have you fasted over it I said yes I've done everything I know to do I, I've done everything and I, I remember my mom telling me so many times she says well Beth when you've done all you know to do then to stand and she said and keep on standing don't move don't be swayed but the point I want to make to you is this is that my mother and my father had this keen ability, amazing ability to hear the voice of the Lord. And whether they heard it from my mouth or from somebody else's mouth, that they didn't have to have that. They already knew what the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And so I want to tell you something today. Mothers in this place, I'm not a natural mother, but I'm a spiritual mother. So there's some spiritual mothers out there just like me. There's some natural mothers out there just like some of you <laughs> others. But I can tell you whether you're a spiritual mother or whether you're a natural mother you need to be able to discern the voice of the Lord. Amen. We've got to hear his voice. Our ears have got to be tuned into his voice and what I find is a lot of times people don't hear his voice because we're never expecting to hear his voice. People don't recognize his voice because very possibly in our times of prayer we've spent our time praying and very little time listening to see what God has to say. Something I want you to know today is when you pray, it is not monologue, but it is dialoguing with the Lord. A lot of people feel like prayer is just monologue where you're just telling the Lord all about it. But here's the key. The Lord is wanting to speak to you. If you'll just give yourself two or three or four or five or ten extra minutes and say, now, Lord, you've heard all about it. Now, I want you to speak to me. I want you to direct my path. I want you to show me where to go, what to do, when to turn left and when to turn right and when to stand still. I want to hear your voice. In the days that we're living in, I want to say it again, it is imperative that we hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And how Elijah heard the voice of the Lord 
and how it completely, uh, really, it did something so amazing because it took him in a place when it, they were going through such a drought. I mean, it was a horrible time, but because he heard the voice of the Lord, his life was saved. Actually, his body was taken care of and was nourished in supernatural ways, but it only happened because he heard the voice of the Lord. Now, you don't have to do this right now, although we may do it later if the Lord reminds me, but I believe there's times that we just need to lay our hands on our ears and say, Lord, give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. Amen. Give me ears to hear so that I don't walk in a path that I think is good because I can tell you that I don't care how much of an expert you are or how much of an expert somebody else is. I can tell you this today. The, the, the word of the Lord supersedes the expert. Amen. The word of the Lord is greater than any any amount of experience you've ever had. A lot of times because you've had some experience, you let that direct your path. And sometimes that's okay. But that's why it's key to hear the voice of the Lord. Otherwise, we fall back on our expertise. We fall back on our own experience when God is wanting to do something completely brand new in our lives. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about it. I'm trying to be a little calm if I can, but let me just keep going. I want to show you some other things that I find here that's very interesting. Now, when the Lord begins to speak to Elijah, notice what he does not do. He doesn't go, yeah, well, you know, do the best you can. Uh, I, I, I know you spoke to Ahab, and, and you know more power to you. I hope things work out. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of you. You know, just head out and do No, when the Lord spoke to Elijah, notice this. He gave him a direct word. He told him exactly where to go. He told him exactly how to get there. He told him exactly what was going to happen. And I know it doesn't always do that. When you look at Abraham, the Lord just told Abraham to pack up and begin to move out. But as he began to move out, the Lord directed him as he moved. But notice here with Elijah, he wasn't vague. It wasn't like, yeah, well, okay, Sarah, Sarah. The Lord is not vague. Amen. If you're getting vague, I can tell you today, the Lord's not a vague God. He gives us direction. He gives us exacts. And that's what he did to Elijah. He said, this is the brook. I want you to go to. This is how I want you to get there. Turn eastward. Go right here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen just like this. And then there's going to be a bird that's going to drop you down bread and flesh in the, in the morning and in the evening. Now, that's where it stops right there. Because I don't know if you're like me or not. And no offense to anybody that has some in a cage in your house. That's perfectly fine. But I personally cannot imagine eating what a bird has dropped right in front of me. And I'm not talking about a parakeet. I'm talking about a raven. I'm talking about a filthy bird. I'm telling you when I read that for the first time that it really started making sense to me. And Pardon my bluntness here, but I was like, God, are you serious? I mean, why in the world? I was thinking in my own self. I thought, why in the world did you not just let a deer fall over dead right there? And, you know, he could have cooked him over the fire and it had been good. But a bird bringing him bread and flesh in the morning and in the evening? Really, God? And, you know, that's exactly where I make my mistakes many times is when the Lord speaks to me. And I encourage you here When the Lord begins to speak to you Even when it doesn't make sense Amen Even when you go no way I just can't see that happening I encourage you today Not to ever fall back on your own Thoughts on your own Experience like we talked about But to say Lord I want to hear your voice And I want to do what you are calling me to do I can tell you today The enemy will try to convince you that it is absolutely impossible for that raven to drop you bread and, and really it's just bread and meat every morning and evening. I can see that the enemy would say, you're going to get a disease. You're going to die out here. Now that's, that's what I would hear at least. You're going to get a disease. You're going to end up dying out here after all. Don't you dare eat that food, you know. But I can tell you something. 
And I want you to think about it for a minute. You say, Beth, that just sounds weird. It really does, doesn't it? But isn't it amazing how God does it? Because I think about when the Lord moves, it just about is always out of our comfort zone, isn't it? When the Lord moves, it always stretches us. You say, what are you talking about? Well, let's think about it for just a minute. It was Gideon who Gideon said, you know, my family's the least in this area and I'm the least in my family and surely God, you've got the wrong person. And the Lord's like, nope, you're the one I'm looking for, Gideon. Isn't it amazing that it was Mary who had never been with the man before that the Lord said, I'm going to call you out as a young lady, a young girl I'm going to call you out and I want you to carry the son of God my son Jesus Christ I mean how much of a stretch is that it was David hallelujah it was David who shows up to fight Goliath having no idea he was going to fight the enemy well all he had he has a little food with him to help feed his warrior brothers and he gets up and his, gets there and his warrior brothers are cowering down like little chickens and, and he's like what's going on it was David that had a slingshot and a couple of uh, smooth stones that he had in his bag you say, what are you telling me today? I'm telling you, if it looks out of the ordinary, you can just about mark it up. That's probably God. Amen. If it looks like it's unusual, don't cast it aside. It's probably God. Amen. I encourage you today not to let your past experiences guide you in everything you do. Instead, be that woman of God that says, I won't move until I hear your voice. Amen. I won't, I won't make that change until I know I've heard from you. And I can tell you, I want to tell you again, the Lord's desire is to speak to us. But let me show you what happens now. So there he is at the brook. He does, and thank God, I'm kind of skipping over this, but this is such a powerful part. When the Lord tells him to go to that brook, he did. That's huge. You may not think much about that, but the fact that Elijah just simply did what God said to do is huge. And do you know that's what God's looking for from us? Just, just do what he says to do. Just do what God says to do. And you know, there's a great story. I want to just, if you'll let me just interject it right here. And it was where Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus was at the wedding. Do you remember that where the first miracle took place? Where Jesus turned the water into wine? Do you remember that? Just in case it's not ringing clear in your mind, I'll just remind you real quickly. They ran out of wine at the wedding celebration. That's a big deal. They look at Mary and they're like, I'm just paraphrasing, but they're like, somebody's got to help us. Somebody's got to do something. And Mary says, I'll talk to my son. And she goes over and she talks to Jesus. And Jesus is like, well, come on now. And it's not yet my time. And she's like, we've got to have some wine. Something's got to happen. And then if you'll make a note of it, the whole sermon is right here. She turns around to the servants there. And she said, now, just do what he says to do. <laughs> Woohoo! I thought every mama's got that one down pat. Just do what he says to do. You don't, have to, you don't have to form a committee. Nobody even has to vote on it. Just do what he says to do. And the reason that she said that is because when he says, now go get me some water, they would say, I don't, we don't want water. We're looking for wine. But notice, she said, just do what he says to do. And when they start bringing all that water over there, he says, thank you. And that's when he did the miracle, turns that water into wine. What an amazing, uh, uh, really an, an amazing miracle right before their eyes. But it happened because the Lord said to do something and everybody didn't question it and they didn't call 35 people and they didn't put it on Facebook and say, how do y'all feel about it? Everybody respond. If you'll just let me know what you think and I'll try to make my decision from there. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. But I'm so thankful that Elijah said, okay, I'll go to the brook. And he went to the brook. And just like God said he would do it, there was a raven brought him meat and bread every day. 
But then something at twice a day. Just like God said, I can tell you the Lord will always be true to his word. Amen. Always. But then notice what happens. This is a big deal right here. He goes down to the brook one morning. And when he, keep in mind, they're in a drought. I mean, it's a serious time. He goes down to the brook and he goes to cup his hand and to bring up a handful of water because he's thirsty. And when he puts his hands down in there, he notices, oh my goodness, I've got a lot of mud and I can't even drink this. I mean, there's just a, it's a little wet, but it's not really a, not enough to drink, no water. What am I going to do? Surely this is going to pass. The Lord told me to come right here, and I'm sure this is going to pass. And so he goes back that evening when the bird brings him food. And, and he scoops his hand down, or he tries to, in that brook. And now it's not really muddy. Now it's starting to be hard. And it's like hard uh, mud almost, but it's hardening. You can imagine. You know what that looks like. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Well, surely if I go to sleep overnight and I get up in the morning, things will kind of level out because the Lord told me to be here. I've done exactly. This is so important right here. I've done exactly what the Lord told me to do, so I'm sure when I get up in the morning, the water will be flowing again. So he gets up in the morning, and now it doesn't just look like that plastered mud. Now it's as hard as a brick. And he's going, oh, my word, what in the world am I going to do? Has the Lord failed me? I don't know if any of you have ever been there before, but if you'll just let me give you a little honest confession, I've wondered that before. I, oh, my goodness, he says, has the Lord failed me? What in the world? Here I am, and I've done everything the Lord told me to do, and the brook has dried up. And you say, are you sure he's down and out about it? I know without a doubt, and this is why I know, is because if you look with me over to verse 9, the first word in verse 9 is arise. So for him to arise, for Elijah to arise, for the Lord to have to tell him to get up, it must mean that he is down. So he's looking around. He says, my goodness, I've got food, but I have nothing to drink. What am I going to do? Has the Lord failed me now? Has any of you ever have, are there any of you today, you don't have to lift your hands, but just ask yourself the question that you have wondered, and maybe you're in a position right now in your life that you wonder, has the Lord failed me? Has the Lord forgotten that he's called me to be where I'm at? Has the Lord uh, put me in a position like I'm in, but, but now it feels like the brook has dried up? Where are you, God? If you've never asked, where are you, God, then just go ahead and, and, and don't, you don't have to worry. Uh, it will come. Amen. There will be a day that will come and you're going to go, God, have you forgotten about me? But I am so thankful because something amazing is taking place right here that you can't miss. And the whole deal of the matter is there is a widow woman in Zarephath that is about to eat her last meal with her son. And if the Lord left Elijah with a brook flowing with water and with a bird bringing him food twice a day, Elijah would have got so comfortable where he was at that he would just chill out. He'd say, yeah, everybody else is kind of suffering out there, but I'm going to keep on eating and things are going pretty good and this bird thing's working out. Amen. But thanks be to God that the Lord causes our brook to dry up sometimes because when his brook dried up when the Lord said arise and get thee to Zarephath in other words that's KJV I'm just, in, in 2018 language he said get up I want you to go to Zarephath there's a widow woman there and she is in a desperate need I want you to go there I've already told her to take care of you now you're thinking maybe like I am, really? A widow woman? Because in that time, in that age, widow women were the poorest of the poor. They were normally the ones that had no money, that had to have help from others. But now he says, I have commanded, and there's something important on the end of that word, commanded is an ED. That means he's already done it. I've commanded a widow woman to 
sustain you, to feed you, to take care of you. Now, let me talk just from my heart for a minute. If the Lord had said that to me, I pray I would have said, okay, God, I'm on my way. But I know that in my analytical mind, I would have said, a widow woman, really? I mean, she's poor, right? And, and, and there's just no way she's going to be able to take care of me. And Zarephath, do you know where Zarephath's at? If you've never looked at your maps, you ought to look this up when you get home. Zarephath is not right around the corner from where the brook was at. It was a long way. I mean, it was a way long way. I can imagine him saying, I've got somebody that's about 20 miles down the road. Can't you just send me there? I've got a friend that lives around the corner. Can't you just let me go there? Are you sure I've got to go all the way to Zarephath? But I am so thankful that Elijah said, my brook is dried up here. Why sit here till I die? I might as well get up. And I look at a man who's not had anything to drink in a while. I can imagine that he is a thirsty, thirsty man. And I look at what's going on in his life. He's thirsty. He's down and out. He's wondering what's going to happen. And now God's commanded a widow woman to take care of him. Imagine. Do you ever just wonder what in the world is God thinking? Amen. If you don't, you, you have to. You have to think that at times. I've looked at the Lord and I thought, Lord, what in the world are you thinking in this thing? And I'll tell you something so amazing begins to happen. And I look at him as he gets up and he doesn't keep in mind he doesn't have a train and he doesn't have a plane and he doesn't have a car all he's got is two little feet and I don't even believe he had a donkey because I personally think he would have killed it and ate it <laughs> you know uh, so I think it, all he's got is his two feet and he's probably thinking oh my goodness I'm going to have to go all the way to Zarephath but here I go God has called me and here's something so important he has such a relationship with his Lord that when the Lord called him and the Lord spoke to him yes I'm sure there's probably some things that were circling around on the inside of him going, really? Are you sure? Are you serious about that? But I am so grateful that he knew the voice of the Lord well enough that when God said to move, he moved. Amen. He didn't question it. He didn't wonder. He didn't back up. And if he did wonder, he didn't do it out loud. But I see him. He got up from that dried up brook and he began to move. You may say, Beth, I feel like my brook has dried up. It could be that God is needing you in a brand new place. Amen. It could be that God is doing something completely and totally new in your life. But because we are so tied to the brook, and because we feel so dependent on the brook instead of being dependent on the Lord we find ourselves stationary at the brook and so the Lord says I'm just going to dry this thing up because I need you involved in another area because there's a woman who is desperate for a miracle in her life and I need a woman of God I need a man of God I'm just talking about where we are today I need a woman of God who will leave her brook and be willing to reach out to a woman who is desperate for a breakthrough in her life amen and so notice what happens. So he heads over to Zarephath. I'm not sure. I've never measured it with a ruler, but just with my little fingers, it looks like it, at least 100 miles. I'm thinking more like 200 miles away. So it's a pretty big deal. He heads over there to Zarephath. And when he gets there, notice what's happening. There's a widow woman. Now, she didn't call her name out. And I don't know if the Lord said that's the woman. I don't know for sure. All I know is when he got there, he was thirsty. And he sees this woman, and she's picking up sticks. But now let your mind go there for a moment. When he looks at her, he sees probably tear stains coming down her face. When he looks at her, he sees her as she's skinny, and, and she's bent over, and she's weary, and she's weak, and, and she's not had anything to eat in so long because she's been rationing food out for her and her son. Keep in mind, she's just got enough for one more meal for her and her son. Imagine what that must have been like for that poor mother. As she is, I, I can imagine her cheeks are sunk in. 
I can imagine that her little back is frail and her legs are so weak they can hardly hold her up. And Elijah gets there. Thank God he heard the voice of the Lord. Elijah gets there. And there she is. And she's got a few little sticks in her hands. And he says, hey, could you please get me something to drink? You think about how thirsty is. Could you please get me something to drink? And she says, I'll, I'll do that. And that had to be a sacrifice for her. But then I get kind of tickled at this. And I hope you don't mind me, again, just being really blunt. I found out that right here, Elijah is an ordinary man. Because he said, could you get me something to drink? She said, yes. He said, well, could you make me a sandwich while you're in there? <laughs> I mean, James says Elijah was an ordinary man. And we know it now. It's proven. But in all seriousness, that's what he did. He, he said that. He said, could you bring me a little something to eat? You know what I believe was going on? I believe, he, he, I believe the, the Lord was moving in his spirit. And he says, this has got to be the woman. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to press her just a little bit. I'm going to see what's going on. Amen. Because he had already told, keep in mind, he had already told Elijah there was going to be a widow woman to sustain him. So he sees her. Here she is. And he said, could you get me a little something to eat too? And then she turns around. And I don't know what's happening to her at this moment. But I can imagine because the Lord's already spoken to her. There it is again. She's already heard the voice of the Lord. What if she had never heard his voice? What if she had never heard the voice of the Lord when he said, I'm going to send you a prophet by your way and I want you to take care of him. What if she had never heard that? She would have died. Her and her son, they would have died because they had missed this miracle. Oh my goodness, don't you feel like that? I almost feel like I need to stop again and say, Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, give us women, give us single ladies, give us married ladies, give us grandmothers in this house, Lord, that, that have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so I look at that woman and I can imagine, here it is. And she goes, oh my goodness, here I am. I can't hardly, I can't hardly even get around. I got these sticks in my hand and I'm just, I'm so worn out. And, and now, could this be the man God's told me about? Oh, my word. Why didn't he get here when I had a roast in the freezer? Why didn't he get here when I had tea, a gallon of tea in the refrigerator, and I had green beans, and I, and I had, let's see, what else sounds good? Let's just think about it. Amen. When I had a whole thing of cornbread, why, what in the world? You know, Lord, my pantry's empty. You know there's nothing in the refrigerator. And now you're asking me to take care of this man. Is this the one? Are you serious? Why did you wait till now? All through this story, I keep getting this feeling. Are you serious, God? What in the world? Don't you just love the Lord? Doesn't he just stretch us real good? Amen. And he is stretching this widow woman. I'm telling you, there's some faith going on right here. I mean, there is a battle of faith happening right here. And if you've not ever been in this place, you will be. And if you're there now, be encouraged. This word is for you. Amen. And I can imagine, she's like, oh, he's asking me for something to eat. Could this be the one that the Lord told me about? And, and I can see in her mind, she's thinking, all I've got is enough for me and my son. And, and we're about to die. I just don't think I can do it. I can imagine all the thoughts that are going in her mind. And she's at a crossroads. What is she going to do? Some of you are at a crossroads. What are you going to do? Some of you are at that point in your life. Are you going to obey God? Are you just going to do what God says to do? Are you going to fall back onto your own intellect? Are you going to fall back on what's comfortable? Are you going to fall back on what you've always done? Are you just going to fall back on what the experts say? Are we going to wait and give God time to speak to us and hear the voice of the Lord and be obedient to his voice? Thank you, Lord. I look at that woman and let me read to you what she says because it is powerful. Now notice, it says... She was going to fetch it. He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but just a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. 
And behold, see these sticks? I'm gathering these two sticks and I can go start a fire and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something for me and my son to eat and that's all I've got. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. So we know, first of all, there was fear all over her face. And he said, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. And she wishes at that moment that he had put a period right there, but he didn't. He said, Go and do what you have said. But make me a little cake first. Now, I won't preach that right there, but I'm telling you, you're talking about people getting mad. Can you believe the prophet of God would take from a widow woman? The prophet of God had a word from the Lord, and he knew this is where her miracle was going to come from. Woo! Amen. Sometimes you just feel like you're encouraging yourself. Amen. Notice what happened here and see it. It's powerful. He said, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it to me. Then make for you and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. I love this. The barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And so here is the crossroads. Is she going to do it? Or is she going to say, you need to find you somebody else to fix you something to eat. I'm fixing for me and my boy. And we're the important ones here. We've been living here. We've been going through it. And you look plenty fat enough. Amen. You've been eating meat and bread every day, twice a day, and we've been rationing food out. You know, that's what she could have said. But I'm telling you, she said, this has got to be God. I know I heard the voice of the Lord, and I cannot doubt it now. And if there's ever been a time for me to step out on faith, I'm, I've got to step out now. If I eat this meal with my son, we're going to die. If I give this meal to this prophet, then there's a chance we might live. Amen. Woo! I can see her. She goes in and she starts making that, that cake up, that little meal and that oil. And she's mixing that all together. And you can tell I don't know how to cook. Amen. If it can't go in the microwave, don't ask me to do it. I can see her, though. She's stirring that. Y'all pray for Kurt, you know. <laughs> she's stirring that stuff up. She's fired up over it. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen. But we are so desperate for a miracle. I can see her. She puts that over the fire. And the cake is being made. It's all getting ready. And she calls that prophet of God. She said, hey, come on in. She said, I've got it ready for you. I don't believe she sit around and said, you know what? You're going to like it? How does it taste? No, she ran back out there. She said, I know I got enough for one more. She started making that up. And she thought, I'm just going to give this to my boy. I, I got to, you know, it's a mama's heart. I'm going to take care of my boy. I can see her saying, son, come on in. Mama's got your food ready. I can, I can imagine what it might have felt like possibly in her heart as she was thinking, oh, goodness, is this it for me? If I had my last meal a day or two ago, will I never get to eat again? But, Lord, I remember what you told me. Amen. Lord, I remember what you said. Lord, I, I just, I'm just wanting to be obedient to your voice. I, I don't want to miss it now. God, I'm just willing to take the risk. Somebody in here needs to take the risk. Amen. You just need to take the risk. I can see that woman saying, Lord, I'm just going to take the risk. It makes no sense in my mind. My family's told me I'm crazy to feed this prophet. I can't imagine what in the world, but I'm just going to do it. She says, here's the prophet's food. Son, here's your food. And she goes back in. She goes back in and she grabs up that barrel and she went, Oh, my word, hold on, somebody. I'm about to fix me something to eat, too. Amen. I can see her mixing all of that up. I'm about to, I'm going to sit down beside you, and we're going to get to eat together. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, can you imagine what that mama must have felt like as she sat down with, and she said, you know, I don't know how it happened. All I know is it must have been the Lord. I can see her looking at Elijah and say, where'd you come from? How far did you have to walk to get here? How did it all come about? And I can see Elijah saying, you know, I was so down and out. I, I didn't think I was going to live to see this day. But the Lord spoke to me. You've been on the mind of the Lord. Can't you hear him looking at that widow woman? And say, so you might not have a husband, but you have the husband. Amen. And he's looking out for you. And he sent me by your way. Amen. And I'm telling you, the Lord is making sure you are taken care of. 
love. I can see her. She, they went to sleep on a full belly. Felt good. Full stomach. Felt good. Everybody slept good for the first time and I don't know how long. I don't know. I know you may say, Beth, you're exaggerating, but I'm just going to tell you, I believe he does do exceeding abundantly above. I don't know for sure, but I can imagine that that little boy woke up to bacon frying in the kitchen that next morning. I can imagine him coming in and saying, what in the world, mama? She said, you ain't going to believe it, but I've got some eggs. Amen. She said, call the prophet in here. Amen. I've got some hash browns or grits or whatever y'all eat here. I've, got, I've even got gravy and biscuits. I've got enough to go around. Come on in and let's eat what the Lord has given us to eat. The Lord has blessed us. You may say, is that possible? Oh, absolutely. That's what the Lord said in his word. That's what he said. He said he's going to take care of He told the woman that she would eat many days. And you know, I know you probably think, well, good for that lady and her son and, and that prophet. But don't ever, ever look through a little tiny hole when you see the miracle of the Lord. Because when God does something, he don't do it for just that. He does it for this. And you know what I believe? I know it sounds out there. But this is just a woman's mind. Since we're just all ladies, I think you can relate. I believe that even though it was a blessing to that widow woman and her son and the prophet. I believe Susie, that lived down the road, was hungry. She had been, she's going through the same drought, through the same issues that everybody else is going through. She had been watching that widow woman and her cheeks all sunken in. She had been seeing her cry out there and picking up those few little sticks. But now, three days later, she's looking good. She's got a little color. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's smiling. And I can imagine Susie's like, I don't know what's going on out there. So I'm going I'm to have to go talk to her. I, I'm about to die. I need something. Woo! She comes up. She knocks on that door. She said, I know I've not really come to your house too much, but I've, I've noticed something. You look better than you've looked in a long time. And I even noticed you were raking scraps out to the dog out back. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> she said, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. How did this happen? And I could see the woman, widow woman go, well, it's just a miracle. She said, well, how did you get a miracle? She said, well, let me tell you. And she starts telling her about the Lord. And she said, well, do you have enough for me? She said, oh, yeah, I've got more than enough. She said, come on in and get you something to eat. She goes, hold on. Can I go get my husband Larry because he's hungry too? She said, oh, yeah, go get Larry. Larry's getting ready to come to the house. And Larry said, how much does she have? Because my best friend Bob's hungry too. Do you think he might can have a little bit? And before you know it, everybody's knocking on the door. And they're sitting at the table of what was just a little old poor widow woman. <laughs> Woo! But she's heard the voice of the Lord. And she's obeyed the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah! And thanks be to God that it just wasn't for her. But I believe that it changed the neighborhood that it changed the community that it may have even changed the city they lived in and somebody said who is this and she said his name is Jehovah Jireh he's our provider hallelujah his name is Jehovah he's our way maker Woo! praise the Lord Woo! and you thought in the beginning if you'll help me close you thought in the beginning this was just about a bird delivering food to a prophet. No, no. It's so much bigger than that. God is wanting us, every one of us in this place, to realize that he is wanting to use us in the place that he is positioning us in to be able to reach out and to be able to touch somebody and encourage somebody and help feed somebody to help change a neighborhood, a city, a nation today. Amen. You say, it's just little old me. Yep, it was just Elijah. You say, well, it's just little old me. Yeah, it was just a widow woman who said yes to the Lord. Elijah said yes to the Lord. Today, to kind of bring it to a real solemn thought for a moment.
And I've really already said it, but I think it's worth saying again. You can play whenever you're ready. But I want to ask you this. If Elijah had not done what God told him to do, what would have happened to the widow woman and and their son? If Elijah hadn't been willing to take the risk and just do what God said to do, what would have happened in Zarephath? Or what would have not happened in Zarephath? But let's bring it to where we are today. A lot of times we say, well, it's just about me. And if I don't feel like doing that, if I'm not willing to take the risk, well, I'm going to be the one to pay for it. There'll be many people Many people that will miss an opportunity, a blessing, a miracle in their lives when we step back from doing what God has called us to do. I believe today the Lord wants to bring you the refreshing in your life. He does. He wants to bring that refreshing in your life. But many times it's going to take you stepping out of a comfortable place that you found yourself in. And saying, Lord, I, I can't even see what's underneath my foot this next step. But I've heard your voice. And I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to take the risk. I'll give you my life verse one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And not He might, but He will. He will direct your path. It may look like a different path. It may look like an uncomfortable path. It may look like an unfamiliar path. When the Lord directs your path, He makes every crooked thing straight. Hallelujah. What's the Lord speaking to you today? No one looking around for just a moment. You've been so attentive, and I appreciate the time that you've given me. But now, let's come to this time where the Lord wants to take what He's done in this service through the Word. He wants to put it to work in your heart. It may mean that there might need to be some repentance in your heart. You may have to repent. And the reason I'm so familiar with that is because I have been in those shoes before. Where I know the Lord has called me. And I know the Lord told me to do this or to do that. And I hesitated. And I waited. And I had to repent. Because the Lord had to send somebody else to do it. I've had to repent. Because when the Lord said to feed the prophet, I counted the money first to be sure I had enough to to go around. And I was just a little nervous about the whole thing. You know what I mean? I know know there's wisdom. Don't get me wrong. And we need to use wisdom. But when the Lord says to move, I started questioning it. I started taking votes on it. How do you feel? What do you think? And the Lord was saying, I just need you to move. I had to repent. Maybe today, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment, maybe today you're that widow woman. And you say, Beth, I'm desperate for a miracle. I've come to this place today and I am a desperate woman for a miracle. And it may take some faith on my part, but I'm at the point in my life that if something doesn't happen, I feel like we're going to die. And I don't mean just a physical, natural death. I'm talking about maybe emotionally. I'm talking about maybe even spiritually. I'm talking about mentally. You feel like you can't take it. I'm talking about in your marriage. You say, Beth, it's going to take a risk on my part. I encourage you today, take the risk. Say, I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like releasing it and letting it go. I know what the Lord says, but I don't feel like doing it. Take the risk and do it anyway. And see what God wants to do in your life. And it's not going to just affect you. But I believe it's going to affect a community around you. I believe it's going to affect those that are in in your home. I believe it will affect people even around you in your church. In your workplace. Who are you that the Lord is speaking? Maybe you're that Elijah and the Lord has been calling you to make that move. To make that move. And there's a widow woman that's about to eat her last meal. 
And the Lord is waiting on you to make the move. Will you do it today? It's a strong call. It's a strong call, but you talk about a refreshing when you begin to move out in what God has called you to do. No one looking for a moment. If you say, Beth, that's me. That message has been for me tonight. I see your hand. Would you just lift your hand up and you can put it right back down. I see your hands. Amen. A number of hands. You can put it up and right back down. See your hands. I could call out some specific things, but today it's not necessary. If the Lord spoke to you, thank you. I saw your hands. If the Lord has spoken to you, maybe it was something I said. Maybe it was nothing I said, but it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you in His own way. But you say, Beth, I can't leave out of this place and go home like I walked in. I can't do it. I can't go home to a dried up brook. I can't go home to a last meal. I've got to have a miracle in my life. Today, will you just simply, as Mary said, do what he said to do? I want us to stand up on our feet all over this place right now. Would you do it? Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, God is moving.